Hello and welcome to Dear Patriarchy Podcast. This is the Gaslit Woman's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters, we're armed with facts and statistics, and we're destigmatizing the plight of the working woman. And when we say woman, that does definitely includes our non-binary peeps, as well as anyone who feels marginalized, marginalized by <laughs> the garbage, bullshit, patriarchal, there goes our explicit presence, <laughs> presence in the corporate world. Yes. Yes. I'm Lisa, <laughs> by the way. And I'm Jennifer. Hi. Hi. So Jenny had such a great brainwave. Her brainwave is... Let's talk about on this on this podcast, which is about the corporate world. Why do we talk about the job search, salary negotiation? Well, hold on, real quick. Before we, I love. Before we get started with that, I just wanted to oh. um, mention that just current events, real quick. Leah Thomas um, won NCAA 500 meter freestyle. Oh my gosh! Today and so there is a lot of ugly shit on the internet talking okay. about how being disparaging towards trans women. And so just just a refresher: trans women are women. If you have an issue with that, this is not the podcast or the network or the um, or the content for you. And this is but if not you are the interested, yeah, peace out. You can Bye. turn it off now. Bye. Um, but if you do have questions about it, you can you can listen to our episode from last week, or you are more than welcome to click on the link in our bio on our Instagram, and we've got a ton of links for you that can help educate you on the trans community, and I'm sure if you Google it, you can find out what the NCAA rules are for trans athletes competing if you really feel like you need to delve into that because for some reason you got to be on your bonnet about it, so... Um, just want to let you know that if you are seeing content about about Leah Thomas and it's disparaging, um, we would urge you to um, help folks get educated and stop vilifying and um, essentially just kind of killing the trans community. So anyway, moving forward towards job searching. So also, yes. can we just say congratulations, Leah Thomas? Yes, mazel tov. So. Mazels. She worked really hard. She worked really, really, really hard, and uh, she's not cheating, and she's not taking advantage of the system. So, but there we go. That's where we stand. Yep. You're sorry, Lisa. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just you didn't interrupt me. Felt I like did... it was important. It is important. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. I want to say, like, we're we're more than halfway through International Women's Month or Women's History Month, and like, I just want to mm. say to everyone, like. There are so many inspiring women out there. Please, please, please take the time you need to take to go and find, like go down the rabbit hole, find inspiring women, women like Leah Thomas, who are literally just doing their best to exist and are trying to uplift and celebrate communities within the larger community of what it is to be a woman. And like, man, we should not be tearing each other down. Not in this Mm -hmm. month, but also not ever. So like, let's all get behind women and let's all get behind non-binary people that identify as women let's just get behind people that need support um because no one's no one's threatening you (laughs) like no literally the way other people's lives exist and just because they don't look like you it's not a threat to you anyway that's all okay that's all so back to the beginning yeah the beginning is hey i really want to um get a new job i want to get a new job jenny yeah what should I do? <laughs> what should I do? So take all of the expectations <laughs> that yeah. you have and put them in a box. Take all of the self, Loading. negative self-talk 
Now, self-loathing, any imposter syndrome and put it in that box. Yeah. Uh, Take any preconceived notions about, like, where you're stuck and why you have to apply for a certain job Mm. and why you're only worthy of certain jobs and throw Mm. that in a box. Take the thoughts that if I leave this place, I am going to lose A, B, C, D, E, F, G Mm. um, flexibility or perks or benefits and put that in a box. And throw the whole box Big, away. <laughs> no, just burn that shit. Just burn it to the ground. Yeah. Get rid of that box. However, yeah. yeah, it's a mental box. So just blink and it's gone. Mental box. Um, I think how, that. That's how it works with your mind. Blink and it goes. <laughs> blink. Blink your box. Blink that box away, ladies. Yeah. Actually, that is a form of like. Blinkity blinkertons. Is it called? Blink therapy. There is a type of therapy that utilizes rapid eye movement to kind of rewire the brain. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Wow. I don't know anything about that, but can I tell you what I do know? Are you ready? Yes. I guess that was that was the sound of I you mean, sitting down that was, holding that on. That was me making space for your statement. <laughs> I know that female employees tend to only apply for a promotion when they meet 100% of the job qualifications. And I know that men tend to be confident enough to apply when they only meet 60% of them. I also know that when you study business school students, people find that men initiate salary negotiations four times more often than women. And when women do attempt to negotiate their salaries, they tend to ask for 30% less than their male counterparts. Mm. So that's what I know. That's what so we maybe, know. So that's Jenny. why we're putting all that. Yeah, that's, that's why we're putting all that stuff in a box. And we are kind of searching for kind of a radical new paradigm, a radical paradigm shift for women and folks in marginalized groups when they're applying for jobs. Um, yes. you know, it's a brand new, it's a brand new world. There is still a lot of like the white supremacy and the patriarchal, misogynistic, ageist, ableist, racist bullshit, but it's also a time of change. Yes. It and is. we know that a lot of you live in small towns and places where there aren't a ton of opportunities. And so we hope that as the year progresses, you can perhaps extricate yourself from where you are and relocate. But if that is not a reality for you, there are so many remote opportunities. So I'm hoping that you have the resources to where if you don't have a computer, perhaps you can rent one from a library or work out, out of a library or just find those resources in your community that can help you get on on your feet again. And so rather than box yourself in and think, I can't let's band together and help each other find the resources so that we can. Yes. Um, there, it's not just if you're, if you live in some little podunk town that has nothing, like there are national organizations that you can reach out to. You just got to search for them. So yeah, anyway, but uh, you, you piqued my interest real quick and you, you raised a really important point, which was about the inherent um, systemic racism of the corporate mm-hmm. world. And in most job mm-hmm, firms. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say something else that we know. A couple other things that we know. We know that, so there was a study done um, by the Center for Social Investigation that showed that applicants whose names did not sound white, in quotes, they had to send 60% more applications before they received a similar response to the applicants whose names did sound, in quotes, white. And mm. a two-year a two study was done in the United States, and it showed that companies were twice as likely to call applicants that came from black and brown communities if they had whitened, again in quotes, 
their resumes. This all ties into something that we've, sp we've spoken about before, which is the politics of respectability. That was a term that was first coined by Evelyn Higginbotham. We now call it respectability politics. It's a discriminatory phenomenon, and it's where black people and people of color are policed into presenting themselves as more white in quotes again, if they want to succeed, which is one of the reasons why natural hairstyles, afros, locks, dreads have historically been considered inappropriate for the corporate environment. And it's also behind the reason why the Court of Justice in the European Union decided in 2017 that women working in Europe could legally be fired for wearing a head covering at work. Ugh. Right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and, and it's also why some black women and women of color 2017. feel... 2017. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's also why some black women and women of color feel pressures, uh, pressurized to shorten their name or have yeah. a work nickname because mm -hmm. people just can't. Like, you can learn how to say Tchaikovsky, right? You right. can learn how to say any Louboutin. of these. Um, you can learn how to say Louboutin. You can learn how to say Maripool and Kiev and all these different, like, sort of Eurocentric names, right? But we can't learn how to say names of people when it doesn't align with a Eurocentric or a white-centric backing yeah. on it, right? I, it's always so cringy when people think it's funny to say, oh, I'll just call you Q because I can't pronounce that. I'm not going to try. I'm no. not going to try. That's where I'm Having at. worked in the tech, yeah. <laughs> having tech, but like how... Fucking rude. Like, well, I mean like so white supremacy. Like oh it's just God. ridiculous. Like I don't have to learn your name because it doesn't fit into my like small brain. Having worked in the, you know, in tech where like a lot of our teams were offshore teams, a lot of folks in India and in Asia... It's been really, I've seen it happen time and time again. Mm. And just the dismiss, the dismissal and the erasure of like our coworkers' names and cultures. So just as we were entering the, this brave new world of like a lot of remote working, please, please make, be aware and be respectful and don't, and if you witness it, don't allow it. Like make the effort. That's it. And we right? turn to them and be like, surely you can say XYZ name. And just hammer at home, like, of how much of an asshole that person's being. So, yeah. anyway, just just throwing that out there. So, yeah. if you are part of the population that will be affected negatively by your name or your hair or your skin color, because unfortunately, even though it's 2022, we are devolving quickly. If you're part um, of the global majority. Right, exactly. You've got to apply for a lot more jobs. And one of the things that when I'm, when I'm kind of doing an, an applying blitz, one of the things that's kind of helped keep me organized is by making a spreadsheet. I really like to use Google Sheets and you can get that's free at free app you can put on your phone. I love this. If you have a smartphone or you know you can access it through the web on your computer and just keep track of like what company you applied for, what the title was that you applied for, if they have salary requirements, put that in put in that, put in the link to the job description and just any other notes, like what you found attractive about it. You could even like look up the hiring manager on LinkedIn. And then if they are asking you to put in your salary range, I would urge you to look up that company on Glassdoor to see if there is a salary range presented. That way you can keep this all in your records. Cause if you're applying for 15, 20, 30 jobs a day, which I have done in the past. And sometimes that only netted in like weeks of that only netted in like one or two interviews and sometimes just crickets. So this way, if someone reaches out to you after two months and says, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from so-and-so, you're not like, oh, I have no fucking clue like what, what that job even was because it was so long ago. No, this way you have great. a record. Yeah. Well, this way you have a record. And if someone says to you, well, you're just not applying enough, then you have proof too. Or if you <laughs> or if you like have a contact that's in recruiting or you meet someone who whatever, you have this 
record of the places you've applied to. And you can also keep notes of places that you actually interview with if it's like a if it's a bad experience. That way you can have this oh. living document that kind of helps you helps you kind of move forward through the years. So I'm not great about doing that, but I think that that's one way if you are applying for a ton of jobs, it's one way to really keep yourself organized. I love um, that. I did not know about Google Sheets. So that's just like a free version of Excel, basically. Yes. (laughs) Which arguably more user friendly. Yeah. And Microsoft Office is freaking expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. If you have Excel, obviously use it. But I mean, that's cost prohibitive. So this is a free free way to do it. And you can do it on your phone. It's tiny on your phone, but I mean, it's better to have. But you can copy and paste and just kind of like find your way forward. So And it doesn't even have to be loads of info, does it? It's like the no. job, the day like maybe the day you applied. I don't know. Depends on how you feel about it. But like I love I love what you said about the comments, Jenny, because sometimes when you're really in the thick of applying for jobs, you kind of forget, like, I don't remember who I spoke to there. If you did speak to someone, I don't mm-hmm. remember who I sent it to. That's mm-hmm. a big one, right? Like, I know I applied to that company, but I can't remember exactly who it was. And like any conversations that you have, oh, they said they'd call me on mm-hmm. the 15th and it's the 20th yeah. now. So like, what's that about? Like, chase them up, you know, if you want, yeah. if you if you feel yeah. pulled to do it. It's just nice to keep it there. I love that idea. Totally. And even if you just did like a LinkedIn quick apply where you like didn't put put much effort into it, it's yeah. good to like just keep track of that job listing because if you're, yeah, exactly. At least if you're in the thick of it, you're going to forget. hundred so. percent. And I really like using the Glassdoor, um, using Glassdoor. And if they have, you know, if it's a larger company, obviously it works better if like Glassdoor is not going to have like your mom and pops in them for the most part. Yeah. But people have gone before you and done the work. There's sometimes there's comments about how that what their interview style is, or if it's a scam, or what just what the salary range is, and just making sure you can plug in all your information and just make sure that like the salary that they're offering is in line with reality. Yes, and one thing I would say about Glassdoor is that it actually is a really powerful tool. So mm-hmm. I think maybe 10 years ago, companies were like, oh, fuck them, we'll get somebody new. You know, like if mm-hmm. if people didn't want to come and work for them, they weren't really worried about the taste that got left behind. Mm-hmm. And now maybe it's not, it doesn't dictate every decision that they make, but it definitely has a strong pull. Like companies know that there are people out there that if they really mess them around, they're going to they're gonna get left with a trail. And I I think Mm -hmm. that's really powerful. So like Jenny said, like, just check and see if your company's on there and someone's and more than one person is lambasting them, like maybe take a second glance at it, try and find as much information as you can try and find someone who's worked there properly, maybe through like LinkedIn is a great tool for that. Mm -hmm. Linking up with people who have worked at the same companies as you, it's um, really, really good. But definitely go into it with your eyes as wide open as possible because I'm telling you right now it is too easy to fall into the trap of a company that looks right and sounds right but isn't right when you hit the ground so let's talk about that let's talk about like when you're interviewing like red flags but just even in the way that they talk to you when they respond to your when they respond to your application and like invite you in for an interview you know pay attention to like if you if their response is like an obvious form letter pay attention if they like don't use your name or just just there's so many different little things that are red flags that a company is just going to treat you like a number and not and not an actual person or they don't care about their culture of their employees that's a really big red flag why would you not care about the people that basically do the grunt work for you every day the great thing about why people like to work for mom and pop businesses is because the love is there 
in the, for the most part, like it, the love is there. They, they care about the people that are carrying on their legacy, that are keeping their sort of dream alive. When you get a bigger company, you obviously lose that personal touch. But that doesn't mean that there, stood, there shouldn't still be accountability and there shouldn't still be care given to the people that are devoting 8, 10, 12 hours a day to a company yeah. for pay. Five, yes. six, seven days a week. Yeah. Five, six, seven days a week for pay. Yes. But look, I, I think we need to take a step back from the mindset that that companies are doing us a favor by employing us. They are mm-hmm. absolutely not. And I think one of the things I know we've talked at length about the She Session, we've talked at length about the great, um, what is it called? Migration. I wanted to call it the great refu- refusal. Mm-hmm. And it, it is that in a way, too. it is in a way a great refusal because people have lived their lives in a really striated, crazy way over the COVID periods. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and they came back to work and they got treated like shit. And it's like, are you serious? Like I just lived through a global pandemic. I probably lost family members. I lost a load of income. I've been stressed the fuck out trying to survive. And this is what you're giving to me. No, thank you. I'm going to say no, Mm -hmm. thank you to you. I can't say it enough, but the strongest position to negotiate from, whether that's for a raise or whether that's for a job is when you don't need whatever it is that you're talking about. If you're sitting around a table with people who want you more than you want them, there is a very, very clear distribution of power in your favor. And let me be clear. I am not a power hungry bitch. I do not look for power. That That isn't what I'm oh. going for. What There's I want- nothing wrong with that, though, because no, no. I fucking am. But here's what I want to say about power. Look, the situation okay. that we're in right now with the patriarchy, we don't want the flip of that. We don't want a matriarchy because those systems of power clearly denigrate and don't benefit all people. So we need a a system where everybody has their own personal power, but that holding of personal power doesn't detract from the power of the person next to you. You're not standing on someone's neck so you can be taller. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't think that being powerful is necessarily an, a negative thing. And I'm not saying and that. I think, yeah. yeah, and I, I just think, because you are a very powerful woman, and you deserve to have the autonomy of having the power of your own business and of your own of building your own wealth, not just making money for other people. A hundred percent. So perhaps I'm like saying, hearing you say, I don't want power in a different way than you mean it. I don't want a patriarchal power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want I a, I don't want a one-sided power that puts me over anybody else because that is not right. That's why we're mm-hmm. in the situation we're in now. That's systemic racism, that's the patriarchy, that's a whole lot of prejudice and a whole lot of other shit that keeps other people down in a in the clear favor of a very small group of yes, fa- of fa- of favored people and I don't want that but this is the thing mm-hmm. as women in the workplace as women in the world we always not always we often find ourselves in positions of desperation we're begging for yes. a job we're begging for a promotion we're begging to be seen we're begging to be validated when we are begging for something we're asking for it we're not telling someone this is what i require Mm-hmm. I will not take less. Yeah. And if someone thinks you're asking for something, it makes what you're asking for an option. It is so much easier to say no to someone when that person's saying, I want this, not, no, this is what I need in order to continue with you. Mm-hmm. If you want more of yeah. me, this is what you need to bring to the table. You know? I do. I just feel like there a lot of people kind of aren't in that space. Like that's a pretty privileged space to be in, to be able to demand that. Okay. Or maybe it's not. Maybe maybe we're just told it is. Yeah. I think that 
we get pushed into positions of desperation a lot. Look, women yes. as a whole are the most impoverished. I was going to say genre, but we are we are the ones I mean, that, that <laughs> genre. We are mm-hmm. the ones that are disproportionately impoverished. We are the people who are disproportionately acted against in violence. Yeah. We're the people who have people standing on our necks in order to be taller. Yes. You know? And sometimes don't it's other women. And sometimes it's other women and let's not even get started on that intersection of racism and misogyny. Right. Or the LGBTQ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different lenses of discrimination and systemic mm-hmm. oppression that are really, really at work here. And I don't want to speak from a place of privilege, but, you know, as assigned female at birth, I am cis and I am white. So I mm-hmm. have, I have elements of privilege. And so when I say those things, I do say that speaking from privilege, but I also say it speaking from a place of hope, you know? Mm-hmm. And totally, and I wasn't yeah. trying to like lambast you in any way. I just I don't, I don't feel lambasted, but okay, I love perfect. that word. I like it that it so literally good. has been in this, this one episode. That's the third time it's been said, and I love it. <laughs> Did I say it three times? No, I said it like five minutes ago, and you just said it now, <laughs> which is awesome. I love that we're on a lambast legacy, a lambast I mean... wag- wavelength. <laughs> I love it. Lambast wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that's a, that's applying. That's like getting that first email back. Yeah. Um, I would just pay attention to what kind of all the things Lisa mentioned, like any type of that, like systemic oppression. If you get any whiff of that in when you're reading like reviews about the company online um, mm. with Blast Storage, which you can do, just pay attention to that. And so make a note of that before you go in and you can always, it's, I think it's always a really good idea. So like, let's say you get into the interview room. I feel like it's always a really good idea to ask about the culture and ask about if you yeah. get a chance. Ask about the culture. Ask about why the person who who is interviewing you likes working there. Ask why the position is open. Oh yeah, where is the person? That's a real who good used, one. Yeah, where is the person who used to do this job? Oh, they got mm-hmm. internally promoted. Tick. Oh, they mm-hmm. left because uh, they had a child and they couldn't make their work life balance work. Red flag, right there. That's going to tell you that flexibility it ain't gonna be there and if it is it's very one-sided or it's conditional or you know there's there's just things there i think that's a great question to ask jenny totally or how quick like the hiring manager is willing to talk shit about an employee oh and if you're being put in a place where like you're the replacement and you're you're the person you're replacing is going to hire you unknowing or uh, train you unknowingly that's another thing that's another thing to be aware of because it's also going to put you in a tough situation yeah um I would say also when you're, when you're interviewing for contract positions, just asking questions like that can kind of help you understand the culture as it pertains to contract. Um, So with contract stuff, you're not going to be getting benefits in the United States. You're for the most part paid hourly. You don't get sick days. And if they don't treat you well, it could be a real bad opportunity real quickly. So good questions to ask are, why do you like working here to the hiring manager? Why is this position vacant? What's the company culture? What's the biggest perk if your contract, what's the biggest perk for other contractors working here? And if all they can say is that you like get to be here, that might be, you know, contract work is already really tough and you are missing out a lot on the United States. I don't know how contractors work over across the pond, but you know, you're giving up a lot of rights to do contract work. So just make sure that you'll be taking taken care of properly and and always make if you have a recruiter or hiring manager that knows your salary range but is still trying to talk you down below that 
way. That's a real bad, that's a real bad red flag as well because I've taken jobs that I thought were a good opportunity and I took a pay cut for them and I was treated much junior than I was because that's what the job was for. So if you have a recruiter or an HR team or a hiring manager that is not in your court as far as making sure that you are reimbursed properly for your work, that's a real big indication that you are not going to get the treatment that you deserve. And also, can we stop this bullshit of accepting companies saying that the salary is competitive, but not telling you what the salary range is? I mean, that's not that's that's not illegal over here. I know, but it freaking should be. Because right. companies can take people on a massive ride. Mm -hmm. You can waste weeks, months of time, get your hopes up, get to the final points, finally start talking about salary. And it's like, oh, you don't just want to work for 15 bucks? Like, oh, no, mm -hmm. you don't understand. Like, and then, and then they can flip it and make it like, oh, well, we really want people who are into the company culture. Like, they're not just here to make money. No, stop right there. Everybody is at work to make money. No, yeah, that's why you work. Yes. That doesn't make you a bad person. And no. having ambition, having drive, wanting promotions, wanting opportunity, wanting to be able to like have a growth plan rather than just working a dead end job. That doesn't make you selfish. That doesn't make you bad, finger quotation marks, bad in any way. So if there is a hiring manager, an HR person, your direct manager, executives that are trying to make you feel that way. No, nope. that's an absolutely ridiculous and toxic culture. 100%. So don't take that. Don't take anyone's shit if they are saying to you that you or trying to infer that you're somehow selfish for wanting to know how much money the job is being offered for and also yeah. for standing firm on your salary requirements. You know what you need to make your life work and nobody should be telling you that you're not worth what you're worth. You're worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've had a lot of recruiters and HR folks and say, I've heard the conversation that like, oh, they, all they cared about was the money. Like they're just not a good fit here. Like that's, that's a very old school way of looking at things. And that is not the reality. That's not, it does not have to be your reality. You're allowed to know how much you're going to make. You're allowed to know what the, what the hiring incentives are. You're allowed to know what your yearly increase that goes along with your bonus if you're part of like a larger corporation. So in a lot of corporations, you get a yearly bonus if you're lucky. And then also kind of like a merit increase is what it's called. Oh, and usually okay. it's between like three and 5%, which now it's not even remotely keeping up with inflation. Wow. Um, but Surprise. Yeah, surprise. Mm. <laughs> Open the bag. <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy. What the hell? Okay. What? No, that um, that's from Julie and Julia. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Let one surprise. What's a surprise? Chicken in a bag. Chicken in a bag. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pool ice surprise. That's right. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, so all these questions are great to ask during interviews. But just pay attention to how they listen to your answers, like what kind of feedback they give you, how open they are with the culture, how open they are with the perks of the job. I mean, granted, you're going to have to talk about your background. You're going to have to speak through that. But also pay attention to, like, how people are speaking to you. And if you feel disrespected, if you feel like they're being condescending, if you feel in any way put out, then that's definitely a red flag. And I understand that there are times when you know that a job is going to be bad news, but you have to take it. Yeah. I've done that many times. So yeah. has Lisa. Yeah. And it's a shitty place to be in. But just because you get a job doesn't mean you have to stop applying. 
So nope. first, oh, and I wanted to go back to something Lisa said, we don't want to work for just 15 bucks. But like, I know that there's a lot of different salary ranges in the United States. There are a lot of people who would love to get to, to 15 for that minimum wage. Um, oh, I wasn't even talking livable about livable wage. But yeah. No, and I totally, yeah. I totally get it. I just wanted to make a, just wanted to, um, not to lambast you. Um, for the I just wanted time. to say, yeah, <laughs> I just want to love as you for the fourth time. For the fourth. Salary inequity is real. Uh, livable wage people. There are tons of people in the United States and across the world not making a livable wage. And um, it's garbage. And we all have to continue to fight for that as we continue to work towards influencing healthy corporate culture through our work. So. So support people who go on strike in support of living wage. Don't don't call mm -hmm. them scumbags who protest. People are protesting for their lives, for their livelihood. Yeah, and don't buy into the garbage that people don't want to work. <laughs> yeah. Kim Kardashian doesn't think people want to work. Um, oh, dear. What I wanted to say was, if you have a chance, ask in the interview or in second interviews or third interviews, ask if you can walk around the office. Oh, if, I hate that, though. If... Let me tell you why. So trans people and also people of the global majority, they have a recurrent and persisting experience in the corporate environment, which is that they are the only. Mm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what I want to say is that if you have a look at the office and you get the feeling that you might be the only and you don't want to do that. Yeah. Try and give yourself the information. Like you want to build as holistic a view of what this job would do to you because a job mm -hmm. happens to you and to your personal life. If you, if the situation that you're in makes you feel unsafe to be yourself, makes you feel unsafe to let people know you. And if it's alienating and isolating. So that is why mm -hmm. I would say it, if you can, it is good to arm yourself with that knowledge. The end. I like it. I like okay. it. I uh -huh. saw an article this morning. I didn't click on it because it made me so mad. So the, the title of the article is After the Great Re Migration Comes the Great Regret. Oh, shut up. Really? Yes. I'm not. So no. I, I didn't read the article because I'm not even going to, but this is, this is corporations. This is like the patriarchy trying to say, like, don't leave your job. You'll regret it. Trying to plant those seeds of doubt. Uh -huh. um, and I know a lot of people that we hear... Actually, let me take a step back. I recently was at a wedding out of the country, and one of the folks that I... One of our friends I was talking to is a officer at a large financial firm. Okay. And he's in leadership and they're trying to, they had to get rid of the, they've, they've, um, they've made so much money. They have to hire a whole new team. So shocker. And he's like, you know, we're just not getting women or people of color to apply. And I just feel like the pool of qualified applicants is just <gasps> white men. And I was like, oh, honey, no, no, no. I was like, do you have a diversity and inclusion department? He's like, I think so. I'm not sure. And I was like, well, first of all, that's what you need. And second of all, if you're not getting applicants, which I highly doubt you're not getting applicants that are not white men, then you have discriminatory hiring practices. You have discriminatory job posting because I can guarantee you that there are probably more applicants that are not white men. Yeah. The majority of your applicants are not white men. So 
Oh, anyway, I'm so not surprised so, by that. So just when you when you are applying, I mean, maybe you don't want to work at this place, but also apply for everything. I don't know what the lesson is here, but just know that like in 2022, there are so many corporations that are that are only seeing and seeing is in finger quotation marks because clearly there are other applicants, and I guarantee you that there are other applicants that are not white men that are applying for the roles at this company. So, yeah, anyway. of course. So when you get That's just hiring, <laughs> I know it's just hiring. So we'll, we'll do, we'll do a part two on this one. Yeah. We'll do a part two on this one. So listen, we'll get into the rest of the interview. We'll get into like subsequent emails, thank you notes, salary negotiation, all that stuff in the next episode. Yeah, we need to. There's okay. just too much to say. Totally. And we have so much, we have so much experience with this. So if we left anything out, if you want us to delve deeper into something, you can always email us at patriarchypod at gmail.com. But let's just quickly pop over to to what's good. Oh, 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 can I go first? I always go first, yes. but I yeah, yeah, please go first. No, okay. it's good. Oh my gosh. So I really love Mindy Kaling. There is a movie mm-hmm. called Late Night and oh, I've heard about it. Oh my gosh, Jenny. I watch this movie incessantly. It's Emma Thompson. It's Mindy Kaling. It's so freaking funny. It has Max Casella in it. Do you remember him from Doogie Howser? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love him. He's just the uh-huh. cute. He's cute as a button. Okay. Okay. So it's a late night talk show host. And she's been doing it for years and years and years. She's kind of lost her drive. She's really cynical. She's really burnt out. She really has like lost her way because all she hires is white men from Ivy League colleges to to write for her. Mm. And Mindy Kaling is so funny. She's so quirky and like she's just doing her whole thing. And she's hilarious, as you would expect. She's the producer. She's the lead actress and she's the writer of this movie. This is a movie about women for women and it really talks about how women age, especially in places like Hollywood, how women can, particularly white women, can contribute to systemic racism, like in a really topical way. It is not in any way preaching, but when you look at the film and you think about these things, you can recognize what it's trying to say to you. And it's trying to say that women can also propagate patriarchy in their own environments. Women can also propagate misogyny. Women can also propagate this systemic racism and white women in particular can do that. And, Mm. but it's never in your face. It's super, super funny. It's super cute. It's really lovely. It is such a chick flick, like, like to its core, it's a chick flick, but it's the kind of chick flick that you don't go, oh, that was awkward and like weird. I don't love it. You know? I like everything mm-hmm. about this movie. I just think is fantastic, and you should watch well, I'm it. I'm excited to watch it. Oh my gosh, Jenny, you will love. I love it. Love it. Love you it. will love. Okay, okay, go. Okay, so I'm going to talk about. So I would urge all of you to follow Pink Manta Ray on Instagram. Yes, <gasps> especially I'm going to cry when I talk about him. Okay, but he's so he's so open and and strong and eloquent and active in really doing the work to educate. He, he's carrying such a large mental load to educate about the trans, the truth of the transgender community. Yeah. Um, and he's done some really neat stuff. He's, he's had some really amazing posts lately about Leah Thomas and he's a trans man. Shyler Baylor is his name or Skyler. Anyway, <laughs> Shyler is Skyler. But if you, if you follow him and go through his old posts, you will, there's so much education there. So if you 
listen to our episode last week or you are confused about the Leah Thomas mention why it's causing stir. such a stir or if or if it's rubbing you the wrong way because you just don't have the education to understand the situation in a way that isn't filled with like patriarchal misogynistic sexist Overtimes. transphobic yeah. garbage yeah. This is a great place to start. So it's at Pink Manta Ray on Instagram. So that's P-I-N-K-M-A-N-T-A-R-A-Y. And he's just so amazing and so open. And you can even share the stuff that he posts, you know, to help folks in your community understand. Because the way that we're going to end this, this epidemic of transphobia that is so ridiculous and so harmful to such an at-risk community is by sharing this education to folks who not, might not necessarily necessarily know where to find it or might not quite be ready to search for it but are ready to receive it it's, it's a great great place to start so that's pink banneray on um, instagram well so. i love it and i love him i think he's amazing he's very brave yes so with that you can follow us on instagram tiktok and facebook that's at dear patriarchy pod email us episodes you want to hear about feedback on this episode feedback on our last episode feedback on anything if you're looking for resources or you're struggling or you just just want to reach out we are at patriarchypod at gmail.com patriarchy underscore pod at twitter and we are here for you so once again thank you for listening to our episode thank you for liking and subscribing we would love it if you could share the podcast with like-minded folks and make sure you leave us a, a rating on your podcasting platform. And I guess all that's left to say is love, light, and good night. Good night.